0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: Let's talk a little NBA. Let's uh, get into that as we're still waiting for the re- resumption of the uh, 2019-2020 season to get back at it. Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBC NBCSports.com, now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. And, uh, Kurt, first of all, thanks for taking a couple of minutes to join us. Man, uh, as you can probably imagine, people in the Milwaukee and the Wisconsin area can't wait for the NBA season to start up again because the Bucks were on quite a roll and expected to get to the finals. And uh, Do you have any sense as to when maybe the NBA in the next couple of weeks may make an announcement as to what they're going to do?
0: I think we probably, just a guess, and this is, I mean, nobody knows. The league is really tight-lipped about this. Just my sense is that it's, it's not going to be May 1st. It's going to be mid-May somewhere when they start, they kind of come out. I mean, May 1st, my guess is Adam will come out and say something innocuous, but they, uh, the, the league makes make some sort of announcement in mid-May because they start to back up against the schedule. Um, I've been told, and I know a lot of people have reported this too, they don't really want to go past September. But if you you know pass that like Labor Day or much past that, but if Mm -hmm. you start working backwards from that in terms of just enough time to get guys in shape and have a you know a mini camp of some kind and then have a condensed playoffs, you got to be rolling. Late June, early July might be the very very latest you can go. So suddenly you're running out of time. Like you really are, you know, starting to come up against it in terms of planning. So. My guess is that they're going to get there. I will say this: the league is really intent on finding a way to make a bubble situation. I guess we'll call it the, the no fans play in one location type thing. That's probably the only way we're playing this year, or, or you know, the rest of the season. And it's they're really intent on trying to make that work. We'll see how that goes. They've been trying to do that in China, and they keep bumping back too. So you know, we'll see what happens.
1: Um, going with, uh, with that thought, I mean, I, do you see them playing three games, five games, seven games prior to getting into the postseason or going right into it?
0: I don't know how much, I know they talk about not canceling the regular season, but I don't know how much you can do. Um, simply this, I mean, if you think about it logistically, it, it, the larger you make the bubble, the more difficult it is to maintain, right? Like it's just, the larger the bubble, the harder it is, harder it is to, to keep the virus out, to keep everything clean. So, I'm going to bring in 14 teams plus trainers plus everybody for what are they going to play? A handful of games? Like, you're not going to be able to play the full regular season at this point out. So, like, you're going to bring in teams just to play a handful of games. And and, and by the way, I don't know at the bottom of either conference that you're moving. I mean, some teams might shift around to in seating, seating in the middle of the conference. But in both conferences, I don't, especially the West, even where I thought. Maybe Memphis could have got caught because their schedule was tough down the stretch. They're still got it. They still have a three and a half game lead. You can't play five or six games and catch them. Um, so the other part of that is teams like Golden State. Teams like if you're the Knicks, how motivated are you, right? If you're, right. If, you're if you're Portland, and I'm all right, I got to drag my team to Las Vegas. Am I playing Damian Lillard? Am I risking injury with Damian Lillard for all right. you know four or five games of the like? I'm just not sure what the motivation is. I'm not sure that. So I think they're going to go straight to the playoffs. But that said, they're going to have to play some legitimate. Um, you, you just have to have games. You can't just scrimmage. You're going to have to play some scrimmage games against the other conference or something in and have them taken fairly seriously because you just can't. You, you, you're, if you go, you know, and I had a, when I wrote on this, as, a, as a, one of the trainers told me, kind of, you know, off of, not off the record, but not, you know, not naming this. I can't name who it is. He said, look, when you go zero to 100, that's when you get injuries. When you just go straight into playoff level basketball without a bunch of warm up, you just, you can have the camps, but you've got to have games. You've got to have hard games to start getting guys ready for this. Because it's just, it's, everybody knows this. It's, it's listening. It's true of every sport. There's, there's game, game shape is really different than practice shape. It's really different than gym shape. I don't care how much yep. you've been working out at home and how good your facilities are. It's not game shape.
1: Um, now, one of the things you would mentioned when you start to work back for backwards as far as where they want the season to culminate, uh, does that then go to the thought uh, thought process of starting the new season for 2020, 2021, uh, right around Christmas time, or do you still keep it at the end of October, beginning of November?
0: They It would... It would be later, I would think. I mean, you couldn't, especially if you go to September, you can't turn around in 30 days. Um, but I don't know if you're going to go all the way to December. They don't really want to mess with next season if they can help it, right? Um, I know that there is, though, a push from some quarters to um, to to go to a December start and push, and then, you know, a bunch of teams have talked about this. A lot of fans like this idea, too, right? Starting in, you know, mid-December or closer to Christmas, and then, have the nba season run into august um it's look there's a push there is a there's some real logic to it right i mean there is the you're not up against football idea and also um just you know you used to not get television ratings in august and um stranger things would like to tell you that yes you can't get really good to, good ratings in, in the summer now like the, the viewing patterns have changed um i don't know if they're going to do that though there's a lot of challenges starting with by the way i think this is true in milwaukee too Twenty-two of the teams, the RSN, the you know the local local network that shows the Bucks games, I believe shows Brewers games, doesn't it? Do they yes. do they overlap? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's tw- twenty-two teams do that. That's a that's not an insignificant thing to overcome.
1: Um, I, when I talk about this Bucks team, this was a team that it just. It, Bucks fans were so elated to see this team get off to the start that they did and obviously be leading the, the entire league and wins and we, we just kind of anticipated them getting to the finals. And then, yeah. damn it, the coronavirus comes along and, and kind of, you know, takes away their momentum and their steam. Do you think this long break helps them with Giannis's knee injury and getting everybody back healthy or it hurts them and the momentum in which they had?
0: That's, I would like to say that's the million-dollar question. In a lot of ways, like how do teams come out of this, um, and and are there teams that aren't taking training, you know, as seriously, and, and are they going to be a little bit flat coming in? Um, my guess, and this is just talking to people and just kind of you no, know, because obviously nobody knows. When you go back to shortened seasons, and when you go back to the you know the fifty win the fifty game season. Uh, you know 1999 season and, and, and other you know the other shortened seasons teams where the stars were younger and the legs were in general a little younger and fresher tended to do better than the veteran teams like once you really start to condense things and put pressure um, the, the shortened seasons when things got tight it tended you know younger legs just bounce back better as we all know um, it tended to work better for them it kind of depends on how they end up scheduling this out but i think it Benefits them a little bit. I think that Giannis's style and the fact that he's going to be able to go. and I don't want to take anything away from LeBron, who's in. You know, <laughs> I, I, we should all be. You know, we should all have been in that that good a condition at age thirty five and played like that. I mean, it's incredible what he's done. But he's not going to bounce back as fast. That Laker team is not going to bounce back as fast as like I think the Bucks team would. So it'll be interesting to see how it would shake out. But I think it. I think it favors them a little bit. But I think that the, you could say the same for their main competition in the East, like Boston. I don't know about Toronto, but I think Boston, that's a lot of young legs
1: there, too. I was going to ask you, I, say, I was going to say, by the way, we're talking with Curt Healan, uh, the lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. You can find him on Twitter, at Basketball Talk. Um, is there a team that really uh, gives the Bucks a legitimate threat coming out of the East?
0: I'm not convinced any of them could beat them in a seven-game series. In a No, in a five-game series? On a neutral floor, who knows? Um, I, to me, the two were Philadelphia. I, I've never been completely sold on toward this version of Toronto in a, pl- in a playoff format. There, you know, they. Uh, I think they ultimately missed that Kawhi guy at some point. Um, you, he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> there's, but I think that Philadelphia is still the team. Like you feel like if they ever put it together, figured out their spacing a little better. Um, and I know that they've given the Bucks some matchup trouble in the past. They're just, they're long. They're athletic. They, they, they're, you know, they're going to defend their trouble. And then Boston, to me, is the team on the rise. That's the team with the young, bouncy legs. It's really, talk about another team that was picking up momentum at the end of the year, Jason Tatum, really coming on. Jalen Brown finding a role. Um, the, Kemba Walker, it turns out, is a better leader for them than uh, Kyrie Irving. Um, <laughs> There's just a lot of things to like about the way that team was built. So, I, I to me, Boston's the team on the rise there and the team that would be most likely to give Milwaukee trouble. I still don't think they could beat them in a seven game series, but it would be, it would be interesting.
1: Um, I wanted to ask you as well about uh, the, the last dance. Obviously everybody's now since we're, we're, we're deprived of sports. That's it. And you've got millions of people tuning in and can't wait for episodes three and four. Give me your uh, thoughts on episodes one and two.
0: I, first off, I thought it was well done because it's a, it's a hard um, look, it's hard to do something where you know the story. It's kind of like doing the bat, you know, when they redid the, you know, Christopher Nolan's Batman series a few years ago for the movies. It's like it's hard to do the origin story where everybody knows the story, right? Um, and I thought they did a good job of bringing in new details, new footage, new Im- you know, um, new perspectives that made this thing kind of work. Um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was well done in that sense, and I. It was it was a really good trip down memory lane. I don't know that it broke any real ground, but um, or new ground yet, uh, for at least for hardcore basketball fans. But it, but I thought it was I, I you know, it's gripping. It's a great story. It's, I thought they told it really well, and I think that they did a lot of foundational setup stuff for the the future of it. So, you know, hey, we're all doing that. I've got uh, we're all doing a lot of Jordan topics. I've got a uh, Roland Lazenby, the guy who wrote the Jordan biography on my podcast this week. We're all we're all doing a lot of. Uh, all well, doing a lot of uh, uh, Jordan stuff because everybody's talking about it now and, and it's a fun it's a fun memory lane to go down unless you're you know Craig Elo I-,
1: I wanted to ask you as somebody who covers the NBA and this will be the last thing before I let you go but um, does this documentary hurt LeBron as as far because there was a <laughs> lot of people that compared him to jordan and the greatest player ever and because of his size and the ability that he has and such but when you see how just jordan just wanted to rip your heart out in every game as opposed to lebron and some of the things that he's been criticized for does this highlight the drastic difference between those two players
0: i don't think it's coincidental that jordan greenlighted this right after uh, and uh, you know um the, the Cavaliers won the title in 2016. Um, you know, this film has been sitting in the vaults and suddenly got the okay right then. I don't, I don't Jordan's too competitive for that not to be a thing, and I think that the, his desire to have this released now um, ties directly into that and, and his competitiveness and speaks to it. And, by the way, it goes at him in his own format. I mean, Jordan's not the media mogul guy, right? It's LeBron who has the production company and is doing Space Jam 2 and then the, I guess I work for NBC, so I should promote the wall or something. Um, But but, which I should watch someday, I guess. (laughs) But nonetheless, like I don't think it's an accident that he's going at him in this format and in this thing. This is this is him exactly trying to make that 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 goat case, Um, and it's. I don't think it's. Like I said, I think that they come at it differently. and I could, you know, we could get into this. It's always a lot, you know, it, it's a bit of a, it's a fun debate. It's fun because I think you can make a real case for LeBron as a, a more rounded player in a lot of ways, especially just coming into the league. He's certainly a better passer and stuff. But, um, but I don't know that he'll ever have, as much as he's had a huge cultural impact, I just, because Jordan was the first guy to have, to be his own brand in a way that even the great, you know, The greats before him, including Bird and Magic, were just not—you know—they had shoe deals and stuff, but they weren't a brand in the way Jordan was, and they weren't as internationally iconic the way Jordan was. And I think that because he was a trailblazer on that, I don't think anybody—I don't think anybody ever has the cultural impact and the, the impact on the NBA the way Jordan does.
1: Kurt, great stuff. Uh, appreciate it. Love reading your stuff, and uh, hopefully the season's back up and running again soon. And then we're talking hopefully. about a Bucks championship down the I, road. I, would, I appreciate it, man. I would love, I would love to talk about those
0: those game things they used to play on fields and and courts and stuff someday. So yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah, from years gone by, right? Months gone <laughs> exactly. by. It seems like years. There you go, Kurt. Appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. There you go. That's Kurt Heelan, uh, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com, joining us uh, on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years, of are getting to get done. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE to go to SchneiderJobs.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours